This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. Why do you think it's so hard for business owners, entrepreneurs to help themselves? Why is it hard to look at our own business and see our own differentiators? I think when, when you're too close to it, you become blind to what's really happening for your clients, right? You get their perspective and then you add your own. So you feel like there is lots more going on that you can give an input to. With your own stuff, you just feel either you're thinking, okay, I know what's right. I know what's right. What I'm doing is right. So you're stubborn or you're confused. The other thing, you know, and in my scenario, I think probably it was that, that I was a little bit confused as to what I was doing and who I was really helping and clarifying that really helped me um, change everything basically. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Amber Hahn. You are the CEO of Amplifyology, where you help podcasters, authors, and speakers amplify their voice, defy obscurity, and ignite their brand. Amber, welcome to the show. Hey, <laughs> nice to be here. It's, it's really a pleasure to be on this podcast with you, Roger. Thank you. It's great to have you. And you are in the UK, is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Where, whereabouts so, are you located? In London, in main, in main city, London. Yeah. <laughs> and London has been uh, shut down for quite a while. Yes, for almost a year. So as of Monday next week, we are coming out of slowly, slowly coming out of uh, the lockdown. So, you know, the high streets and the shops will open up and the outdoor eating will open up. And then a month later, the indoor seating restaurants will open it. So we're hoping that, you know, we're moving in the right direction. <laughs> I certainly hope so. I love that city. I had the opportunity to be there about three years ago when I launched my oh, yeah. podcast. And I don't know if, you've, if you're familiar, but there's a podcast called London Real. Yes. And that's where I did my schooling and I had the opportunity to go there for graduation and and uh, interview Brian Rose, the, the founder of London Real. So London yeah. just has a special place in my heart and it's just a, an amazing energy there. And what's it like to live there? Well, uh, I think, I, I mean, for me, London is home now because uh, I, I mean, I've been here for, or, or, you know, just over 20 years. Um, more than I've been in any other country, let's put it this way. So that's why I feel London is home now. Also because I, uh, you know, I feel uh, I see people of all cultures, and you know, uh, here it's, it's a very cosmopolitan city. So it you just you don't feel like you you um, you stand out. Uh, you know, um, I, I just feel like everybody uh, here. Uh, lifts each other up we, we're not out there to get each other we, we we understand our cultures are different our religions are different you know our values may be slightly different but um uh, you know everybody still gets along and and supports each other that's just such a wonderful feeling it's actually ironic i was on vacation last week with my family and we went to disney epcot and i don't know if you're familiar but the theme of it is different cultures oh yes countries yes. 
and you go from yes. Ireland to London to Italy. And, and yeah. I was just thinking about that, how nice it is to be able to experience different foods, different cultures, and um, to be able to live in an environment like that. I, I could only imagine how wonderful yeah. that is. And, and there's some yeah. c- cities in North America too, um, definitely in the U.S., uh, as well as Canada, yeah. like Toronto is another one of those cities where yes. you just yeah. feel like uh, there's yeah. people from all over the world and it's yeah, a great yeah. feeling. I, I think the biggest thing that I personally love about uh, these big cos- cosmopolitan cities is the food because the variety of food is just amazing. It's just amazing that, you know, you can, you can go out and eat a Korean food or Sri Lankan food or, you know, just food from around the world. Um, and, and being a foodie, uh, that's, that's very important to me. <laughs> oh, yes. No, me too. And um, what's nice about that too is it's authentic. It's typically people that come from those areas that, you know, they're entrepreneurs and they own their own restaurants and you're able to taste that cuisine that comes from that area. So it's so yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And, and London has great food. I could attest to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, when you come next time, yeah, you, you uh, have to come stay with us. Bring your that family along. <laughs> that would be wonderful. So great. Well, I would love to start out, Amber, by talking about you just graduated from David Breyer's brand intervention masterclass, uh, nine grueling weeks of (laughs) uh, defying gravity, as David likes to call it. Talk about that experience. Talk about when you joined, what you expected, Mm. and then the journey of those nine weeks and how you felt at the end. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's been a wonderful experience. Um, and the reason why, I mean, David and I spoke about it months before, um, and he, I guess he, exa- he knew exactly at what point I was um, in my business. And um, I, I was basically, you know, I, I, I'm a marketer at heart. So I've, I have been um, doing this for a while. So I understood uh, the basic concept of standing out in the crowd, right? We, 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 you do it for clients, but when it comes to yourself or your business, you know, you just, you, you're kind of lost. You know, I felt like I'm, um, okay, I'm, I'm doing business, but I felt like I need to do more before something happens. You know, you know how technology is moving so fast. And then for all we know, a year later, two, two years later, you know, the business goes kaboom because we just we just didn't take care of what was obviously coming. And I, and I knew that to do that, I, I needed to do something different. I needed to stand out. I needed to say um, as di- something different from what our competitors were saying and doing. Um, and n- knowing David, I just knew that, you know, he was the right person to go to um, to help um, to help my business grow and take it to the next level and that's the reason why uh, i joined uh, his master class and i guess um um i went in with this mindset as well that i want to nail it right i i i went in knowing that i can do this with the help of you know others and david in, in the group uh, and i think that that was the most important thing because if you if you don't have that belief which obviously david really helped instilled in us right and because initially i was questioning him months before when we had this conversation that you know i, I don't i don't think i can do this i don't think this it's for me to brand, to do the 
my own branding, you know, somebody else should be doing it. Um, and um, like he instilled in me that, you know, no, you know your business very well inside out. You're the person who can do this. And I guess that what that's what really propelled me to, to you know, sign up for the masterclass and say, you know, okay, that's it. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to do this. David's there, you know, he's the expert. So if even if I get stuck, you know, at least, you know, he's there so that we could, um, you know, rely on his experience. Um, and, and also it's done in a group setting. So that's wonderful um, because you get to see others on their journey as well, right? You, you, you know, everybody's on this journey and they all want to, um, you know, do better and get somewhere. Um, and, and it sort of creates that supportive environment where we, we help each other rise together sort of you know um so that's what i loved about it but for me the key takeaway was actually um what uh david talked about because up you know up until then as a marketer in a marketing world everybody talks about oh unique uh selling proposition usb you have to have a unique that's that's how you stand out and what i realized with david is that that's just one of the ways you stand out that's just one. So up until now, I was thinking, you know, you know, USB, USB, what is my USB? What, what is my USB? And now I know, like David talks about, there are 23 different ways you, you, you can um, make your brand stand out. And that was like the aha moment for me. It's like, oh my God, you know, this isn't just one way. I just don't have to nail this and think, oh my God, you know, this is the, the, the biggest differentiator and now the competition is dead. Um, there is a lot more to it. And as we know, the, the times that we live in, you know, technology is moving so fast. You have to have, you have to differentiate in so many different ways to be able to keep up and, and keep going forward. Um, uh, to make sure that your brand doesn't die like Kodak did, right? Or and, and the other companies did. Um, so that's for me. That was the aha moment. So I'm just I'm curious. Why do you think it's so hard for business owners, entrepreneurs, to help themselves? Like it's as you were saying earlier, we could help our clients. Mm. Why is it harder to help? Why is it harder to look at our own business? and see our own differentiators? I, I think um, because I think, you, and like David said that to me as well, that you're too close to it. I think when, when you're too close to it, uh, it's when you sort of, you get, you become blind, you know, to, to what's really happening. Um, because for your clients, right, you, you, you get their perspective, the, the, their customer's perspective, perspective and then you add your own so you feel like there is lots more going on that you can give an input to um with your own stuff you just feel either you're thinking okay i know what's right i know what's right what i'm doing is right so you're stubborn you you you're too stubborn to change and that's where the problem lies or or you think that you know um uh, or you're confused the other thing you know and in my scenario I think probably it was that that I was a little bit confused as to what I was doing um, and who I was really helping and 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 clarifying that really helped me um, change everything basically <laughs> so what was your business like before the master class and what, how's the journey been to this new transformation? I know you changed your name and you've changed a lot of different things. 
what what's the key difference? Because you're the same person. Yeah. yeah. But what's changed in you that um, now has transformed your business? I, I think that the product is the same, right? I'm the same. The, the face of the business is the same. The product is the same. It's just the way how I now communicate what we do or how we help others. That's what's changed. Um, speaking their language. Uh, and David emphasizes on that a lot during the masterclass that we need to learn to speak their la- language. And then marketing is the same. It's all about the the audience that we are trying to reach, they already have their own language. They already have their own um, ter- terminology uh, um, in the field that they're in. Engineers have their own, tech people have their own, marketers have their own, everybody has their own terminology. So they're already speaking that language. So if, if, if those are the people we're trying to reach, we have to speak in their language and you know anything else sounds alien to them. And for me, I think that that's what it was to, to learn to articulate how I'm conveying my message and not just through what I'm saying, but also through design, through being more creative in other ways, whether it's videos that we're doing or designs we are creating. In all different, in all ways, to be able to communicate how our audience wants to see us. And do you, is that part of the entire process? Where once it clicks, now do you look at your content differently than you did before? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now um, as we produce content, I you know, in the back of my mind, I I, I always think about okay you know are are we saying the right things that the, the or, you know the uh, the language that audience speaks are we using the imagery that resonates with them you know um so yes you know because th- that's another important thing because a lot of people go into branding thinking it's about the new logo we'll get a new logo we'll get i don't know new color brand palette um, and th- that's branding. Uh, and the key here was actually to first be able to realize what differentiates us. And then we go on work on, okay, you know, this is, this is the type of designs we will create because that differentiates us. This is the type of videos we will create because that differentiates us. This is the type of colors we will use. And everything sort of gelled together after I realized that what a differentiator is. So yeah you know, working in, uh, in the different direction than to what most people think branding is. So take us into the course itself, as far as what was the week to week time investment like for you? Obviously it's up to each individual to do yeah. kind of the work on your own. And then I know you meet on Saturdays uh, for a couple of hours to go through things, but what type of commitment did you make week to week to invest into this program? For myself, and it may not be for everybody, for me, it was because this was my main priority. I made it my main priority because we knew exactly when a masterclass was starting, right? So we knew the eight-week or nine-week period we need to be focusing on branding. So I made sure that my you know, calendar is set in a way that I'm not focusing on other things as much uh, as I will be on this because, um, I mean, and then... And, you don't have to do it that way. You know, you know, people can manage it in different ways. We, you know, we can, you can set aside a couple of hours a day and, you know, a couple of hours on the Saturday calls. Um, For me, I think it was more than that. It was 
a lot, you know, maybe for probably four or five hours um, uh, on uh, we, uh, during the weekdays and then obviously a couple of hours call on Zoom call only because, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that uh, I, I want to nail this within that sort of nine week period because, um, you know, that was my focus because I knew that the, uh, the quicker I can do this, the quicker then I can you know, work on our content that we are now going to produce as a result of it and everything will move faster. But you can go at a sl slower pace as well if that suits you. And Amber, have you seen any difference in your business itself? Are you attracting new clients? Have you seen any growth? I know it's only been a few short weeks since it's ended, but have you seen any changes yet? I think for me, the most important, uh, or the, I guess the main uh, change that I've seen is that I've had people come back to me, even though, you know, the, the new website is not even up yet. And uh, so people cannot really see the new uh, uh, branding yet, but they can see how we're speaking to people now. And that's been the biggest change because literally people have come back to me when I just say, this is what we do. And they're like, Oh my God, we know exactly what you do. That, that's in one phrase. That's just in one phrase. It's, it's not even me explaining. So this is how we do it. And we will do this for you. And we will do that for you. It's just even just the name itself. They were like, Umber, that's exactly what you do. That's exactly what you do. So I guess that made me feel comfortable knowing that I think we are going in the right direction. Wow, that's great. So for people who are on the fence thinking about a program like this, and they said, ah, you know, I don't know if I have the time. I don't know if now's the right time. I really can't make that type of investment. What advice would you give to them now that you've been through it? I think uh, it's not about the time. Time is just an excuse. People, some people can do it in less time. Some people can do it in uh, more time. It's about what do you want to achieve? Where do you want to take your business? And if you are really serious about taking your business to the next level, um, you're really serious about differentiating from your competitors um, and standing out in your market, then this is the thing to do. If that's, if that's not your goal, then maybe this is not for you. But uh, if, if, if that's your goal, then seriously, this is it. <laughs> that's great. What, what would you like to say to David Breyer now that you've been through? <laughs> I think I've, um, I've said so many things to David and, and my kids have to, um, you I know, saw that video. Yeah. <laughs> Just Every, everybody loves David, right? Everybody knows David right now in the house. It's like, you know, the uncle David is, <laughs> is, it's like, you know, it's like somebody who lives next door to us. Um, but I mean, uh, uh, I'm utterly grateful, uh, to David for, for, imparting his experience and knowledge to us in a way that he does. Um, it's, it's not just the masterclass, but everything he puts out there, you know, his messages, his videos, everything resonates um, uh, with us, with what, as, as a business owner, what I want to achieve, where I want to go. Um, uh, and, and he's so humble, you know, this, this, this is, it's just like, you just feel like you, you're dealing 
um, with the person next door. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's so humbling to work with him. And that's what I loved about the, the whole experience. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I, I would just like to say, you know, thank you, David, for, for believing in me and, and making me do the work because he really pushed, you know, if, if he, some, you know, I could have slacked, um, uh, uh, but David made sure that, you know, if you want to achieve this, then you got to put in the work. And, and, and do it. So, so I'm very grateful for that support. That's just awesome. Yeah. He is a one of a kind. He is uh, truly a special person. And I'm, I'm so honored to be able to work with him on this program and do a lot of the behind the scenes for him. But uh, he's just a remarkable person. He has an amazing talent Absolutely. and uh, people like you and many, many others are changing their businesses because of you know, the, the, the principles that he puts in front of you. And, and as he, you know, says best, you know, it's not him, Mm. you know, teaching you. It's just, it's just him bringing out more of you, which Mm. I've really never heard it put that way before. And, and, And there's something special about that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Okay. So let's talk about your business a little bit more in depth. I'd love to know, um, how you help people amplify their voice. And as you say, defy obscurity. What does that mean? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the best way (laughs) to look at it is, um, are you familiar with the phrase, uh, may the force be with you from the movie Star Wars? Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, well, you know, in Star Wars, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi explains to, uh, explains the force to Luke Skywalker um, as an energy field created by living uh, by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds the galaxy together. Well, on social media, I see the force is the relationships you build with your audience to foster trust, build engagement, and to amplify your ideas, your voice, um, and your message. And I believe currently the most effective and downright powerful way to build relationships online with your audience is by amplifying your voice, your ideas uh, on the very platforms your audience seems to be most engaged on. Uh, And at Amplifyology, we help you do exactly that uh, uh, by creating multi-channel using a multi-channel marketing strategy, uh, which is often referred to as content repurposing, um, so that you may amplify uh, your voice by sharing your ideas um, on different channels in different formats um, and in different ways to reach new audiences. So if, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I think I'm a good example, right? I, I, ha- I have a podcast, um, I am an author, but what would you say if, you know, say I came to you as a potential client and I said, Amber, look, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling of where I need to be. You know, I have a pretty good presence on LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. I have a decent uh, Facebook, um, you know, audience, but I just don't, you know, I can't tie it all together. It's too much work. How would you help me? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, usually I don't know who said this, but this is so true that, the content you make for so so if you if you're talking about from an um, author's point of view, say somebody has published their nonfiction book, right? So they've written a great piece of content, like they've put their blood, sweat, and tears um, uh, in it in producing it, right? But 
that content is not the thing. It's just the first version of that thing. So content, what content repurposing does is, uh, it, it, content repurposing is almost, uh, it's a multi-channel marketing strategy that puts your message, your ideas, your voice in every format on every platform out there so, so that your potential customers who are looking for that on those platforms get to see it, right? If they're not, if, if you're not present um, or if your message is not present on those platforms where they're actually looking for it, then, then even though you may have published brilliant material in the form of book or maybe on your blog pages, um, people are not going to know about it. And, um, uh, and once, if they don't know about it, you know, then obviously then there's no business that is going to come from it. So um, I, 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 I feel that I, I know that most people know that content is on uh, used online to create influence, but how I see it is that the purpose of repurposing content is to convert that influence into action. So once we put, we have once we've got all this content uh, uh, or or even one form of content out there, now the idea to reach the new uh, audience and have them perform an action is. To, is by repurposing that original content in other formats of content. But what exactly, like, where would you advise that? If, again, say I'm only on LinkedIn, Facebook right now. Mm -hmm. Should I be doing more? Where should I be? No, no. So, I mean, you don't need to be on all platforms. So wherever, firstly, wherever you feel comfortable to be on, and secondly, where you feel is uh, your your audience is right, and um, you don't you know you can choose two or three uh, platforms. Like for example, if you've chosen LinkedIn and and Facebook, perfect. Those two platforms you feel that uh, where, that's where your audience is. Now, you what what we need to do is to share our ideas and messages. In, in those platforms in the right formats and in and in different ways. So, so you know, we audience these days because they see so much content. So people are used to seeing so much content in social media that we are we to get their attention. We need to, as David talks about, we need to produce content in different ways. Show them, uh, uh, give convey a message to them in different ways, not just one way. So if we are just writing, let's say, uh, um, text posts, right? Uh, there will come a time when it they'll just they'll just stop paying attention to it because it's just it's the same or uh, it becomes vanilla and boring right so the idea is that you can convey the same message your message doesn't change right um uh, you convey the same message in different ways um so that uh, you know firstly so that we're still able to grab their attention um uh, and secondly that people who prefer to absorb that information in a different way, like some people uh, prefer to watch videos, some like to listen to audio, some may watch, uh, some may prefer to read long form blog content so that we are able to provide um, them that content in all sorts of formats. And, and, and by not doing that, you're really doing your business a disservice. It's so interesting. And I've actually been testing a lot of this over the past couple of months where I'll test, you know, just a very short post with maybe two lines of text. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do another post with longer text in an image. And then I'll do another one with a video. And yeah. it's just interesting to see the different um, response mm -hmm. 
and reach that they get. And I, I, I can't seem to find like one outperforms the other always. Mm. It's just, mm. it seems to be just timing and mixing it up and, yeah. you know, not really having to s- settle on one particular thing, but rather yeah. what you're talking about, which is repurpose it in many different ways where um, maybe you'll catch someone one day through an image where uh, you'll catch another person the next day with, with the text. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, a, a lot of people don't realize that there's, there's actually a science behind this madness. I'm, I'm not sure, and you probably have heard of this, the rule of seven, which was yes. first, um, it was first defined by this marketing expert, um, I think, uh, Dr. Lant. Um, um, and, and it, you know, so he talks about that the prospects need to come across your message at least seven times before they really um, notice it and take action. So, you know, it's, it's based on psychological phenomena, uh, which, uh, which you, I think which, which, was, which was called the mere uh, exposure effect, uh, yes. which, which states that people tend to develop a preference for things simply because they're familiar with them, right? right? Uh, so, so interesting. Yeah. Um, and so in other, in other words, your target prospects needs to see your content multiple times to become familiar with you, your brand and your products. So rep- repetition increases the chance uh, that you get heard. No. And, and the other thing that's so interesting about that is I, you know, have firsthand experience um, with organizations who feel that they don't want to post too much. So they'll only want to post once a week or once a month. And it's like, no, you cannot do that. You have to be consistent. And and I feel at least post once a day in order to get, you know, people comfortable, uh, you know, in in order for them to actually, they may miss it today, but see it tomorrow. So I agree with you that that repetition, there is science behind that. And I'm so glad you talked about that because it's actually reassuring to hear from a professional in your field that it's, it's not, uh, it's not just luck. It's something you really need to do in order to um, gain the momentum, to be able to get people comfortable with your content. And actually I've, you know, just over say the last month or so I've seen my posts jump to a new level. And I think it's because of that consistency. Do Mm. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, a lot of times people think that it's unnecessary. Why, why are we repeating the same stuff? But you know, my only comeback is that there is a science behind it. It's psychologically proven that that's how, you know, we see Coke ads everywhere. Coke doesn't need to advertise, right? They don't need to. Everybody knows Coke, right? So the only reason is that they they want to repeat people, and that's how people become familiar. And not just us who know about it. The generation after us, generation after us, right? Those who don't know you Coke yet, a five year old who then sees the ad and then sees it multiple times. Now he or she knows Coke. Yes. Um, doesn't matter if they're drinking it or not at that age, right? But they they know what Coke is. Um, so yeah, there you know the science backs it up. It's so interesting. It yeah. it's just so interesting, and it makes so much sense when you think about it in that way. But I guess sometimes being in the moment, uh, being vulnerable by by putting yourself out there, 
mm. or actually taking the time to do it. A lot of people just aren't willing to, to put in the work. And as you yeah. talked about, even with the course, it, you know, if you want to do something well, you have to make that commitment. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it, you know, everything's down to commitment. It's how much, uh, how much you want it, how much you want to change it. Uh, and I know from my personal experience and the clients that I speak to or the prospects that I speak to that it, there's always, if they're not already producing content, let's say if they have not written a book, so obviously they don't have that sort of big, huge content or, you know, they're always worrying about, but I don't have the time to, to record videos or record podcasts podcasts or record or you know well if you if you don't have the time to do that then obviously you know maybe this isn't your priority this isn't your focus to build your brand in in this way uh, and where you want your uh, voice to be amplified so it, you've got to put in the work there's no buts and ifs about it I mean it's I I can't do that for you I cannot magically <laughs> <laughs> record hours of videos for you and and make you a superstar but yeah if you put in the work there are ways that we can amplify it um uh, and make you go bigger well we have uh something in common in that we both like to help authors mm. i actually like to help authors get the book written that's mm. you know kind of the first step and then you it sounds like you like to help authors that have already written the book and and take that content um, and, and repurpose that content. But um, what is it about a person's book? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you talk to them, an author, uh, uh, to say, look, you, you've already done the hard work, right? You, yeah. you have this tool. Um, now what? So if, if I'm a new author, how can you help me get that content out there? What do you, like, what does a session look like with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I Personally, I love working with authors is because I know they they know exactly what they're talking about because they've taken the time to figure out what they stand for, uh, what is the message they're trying to convey to their audience. So they're very clear on who, you know, who do they help and why do they help them. So, you know, they've already done that work. They've already done the difficult uh, bit of figuring that out and, and putting that message uh, in the form of a, a, of a book. Now, a lot of people, a lot of authors uh, get stuck at, well, now I've written a book, but nobody's, nobody's buying it or, um, you know, I, I don't see, not, not many people still know about it. Well, and, and then I said to them, well, how are they going to know about it if you, if you don't market it? And it's not about, I'm not talking about actual sales of the book, but the, the business that will come as a result of people knowing that you have authored a book on a specific subject. Because, you know, Amazon sales, how many? You would have to sell a million books to be able to make, uh, you know, any decent amount of uh, money. But it's not about the actual sales, but, but obviously it's about your credibility, right? To let people know that you are the authority in that specific niche. Um, and the only way they will know about it is that you share your message uh, that you have written about on social media. Um, and you obviously you do that through speaking gigs as well. So even let's say you have authored a book, right? And now um, you have uh, got a speaking um, gig book because of it, right? Just maybe one other or one other company knows about it. Uh, so the, what we can do is that is take your book content and take your 
speaking content, the speaking event that you did, right? And now convert that into multiple, probably year-long content um, uh, of social media um, pieces. So it could be small video clips. It could be stories that we share on social media. It could be short text posts. It could even be a slide share that we posted up. It could even be carousel posts that we create out of the, the content that you have written. Maybe one chapter that you wrote, we take that, can, uh, convert it into carousel posts for LinkedIn, if you are present uh, on LinkedIn, if that's your um, channel of communication. Um, uh, or even if, if it was, a, um, you did a podcast interview and convert that into audiograms. So the, the idea is that to not let that content go to waste. You've already done the work. You've got the content there. Now let's take that content and create a content marketing machine around it. That's what I call it. It's, it's a machine, an ecosystem. It's an ecosystem around that book that you have created that you now create to amplify your voice on social media. Uh, and by, by doing that, uh, well, firstly, it's easier to do that once you've written the book because you you know the content's already out there. Now it's just a matter of creating uh, an ecosystem around it so that uh, and uh, to let people know that this is what you stand for and this is who you can help. It's become so much easier because you don't have to think about you're not starting from ground zero and saying what am I going to say, right? It's not at all about that. You've already said what you wanted to say. Now we just take your content and convert it into various multimedia pieces um, uh, to reach different types of audiences, like I said, on various different platforms um, so that they get to hear about your, uh, your book, your voice, your brand, and hopefully bring you in a new business. That is awesome. And is this when, uh, when you talk about utilizing the book to transform your business, is this what it is? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, the book your, if you've written a book, everybody knows that's your pride and joy, right? You feel so proud of your work and you should, yeah, because it's, it's bloody hard work to have a book written um, and to put all your thoughts and your ideas in one place. Um, you know, I've published one book, so I know it took me four years to, to write it and publish that book, but I know how hard it is. Um, and so, you know, I say to them, do not let it go to waste, you know, do not do not just, you know, now that you've written a book and think that a miracle will happen, some, you know, somehow a miracle will happen and you're just going to, you know, your business is just going to fly, right? It's, it's, you know, it's not going to happen that way. So you have, you have to have a system of, of then now utilizing that book to take your business to the next level. And I believe that repurposing content helps you, helps them go from that base level to, to the next level. Yeah. And I, you know, I think you're exactly right. I, in working with authors myself, it seems that there's this myth out there for whatever reason with 95% of authors that they feel when they write the book and put it out there. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're like just waiting for a miracle to happen when mm -hmm. in fact, that's just the beginning. Yeah. It's exactly. just the beginning. It's and it's hard to do. And I, I've written a few books myself, so I know, I don't know. Um, really how to put it into words, but it almost, it's almost like, okay, I've accomplished that, you know, writing the book. Now I need to get on to the next thing. But yeah. I, I think that's the mistake that a lot of authors make is that they kind of just expect it to sell itself when yeah, like music or anything, you have to, yeah. you have to 
constantly, like you said, Coca-Cola, they don't need to advertise, but they do because they need to, they want you to, they want their brand to remain top of mind. So even more so with writing a book, because it's such a competitive space, space. you have to, and I'll tell you, um, again, I, and and I'm sorry to keep going back to myself here. I'm just trying to relate some of our topics to some of the things I'm doing, but I have been, you know, even in the comment section. So I'll, I'll put a, I'll write a little bit about a topic that's in my book. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll, the whole post or part of the post will be an actual excerpt from the book. Mm-hmm. But then in the comment section, I'll put, you know, a link to yeah. purchase the book. I'll also mm-hmm. put a link if they want to book a coaching call to write their own book. And, and if, and I've been doing this consistently for the last couple of months, mm-hmm. And it's amazing, not that, you know, I've received a ton of business off of it, but I I could definitely see an increase of book sales as well as calls just by being consistent in that. And are you, is that what you're helping your authors do as well? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously a lot of, everybody comes with a different goal in mind, but um, a lot of them, um, just come in because they want to um, book more clients because they have now written this book, authored their books. They want to be seen as an expert um, in their niche. Uh, and so the missing piece for them is that, okay, now you have written a book, you you are an expert at something. Now we have to let people know, hey, you know, you know I can help you um, and I am the right person to help you. Um, so social media content helps them do that. And obviously, um, part of social media is that that you firstly, you engaging with them and you build uh, you're gaining their trust. And the next step is that once you have their trust is that you direct them somewhere else where you want them to go. The next step, right? Once they trust you, then you can ask them to take the next step. And the next step could be anything. The next step could be, you know, check out my podcast. The next step could be, you know, download this freebie. Next step could be book a call with me. It's different for everybody. But the idea with that is that first we want to build that trust uh, with our audience and let them know what, who we help and how do we help. And then secondly, to uh, get them to take the next step. So for people that are listening to this and are on the fence about writing a book, or becoming a speaker, whatever it may be. Hmm. Um, and knowing what you know about how, you know, how you've helped so many authors and speakers, why should someone take that leap and, and, and make that commitment of time to write that book or put that speech together? You know, what, what about that will help them become an authority or an expert in their field? I think, for it's what firstly what it does is is helps you clarify your message as well helps you clarify who do you help and and how do you help them right so it becomes very clear to you by uh, by writing a book right because it, otherwise everything is sort of either in our head or you know on on Evernote or whatever device you use right uh, but putting your thoughts all together in a book really helps you clarify your message and the, 
and secondly, it, I mean, nobody can deny the credibility, of, you know, of, of, you know, when you become an author, what it brings to you. Nobody can deny that. Um, so that's the second biggest thing that happens, that instantly people see you as a credible person on a particular subject that you have written about. So it's it sort of gives you instant authority. So in a way, I tell people that it becomes even easier to now amplify your voice, because if you have already authored in bo a book, people already, or at least a, a, a small audience already sees you as an authority on a particular subject. Now we just need to amplify that voice and reach a, um, a new audiences so that even more people now know about your uh, credible work that you have done. So, I mean, nobody can deny the, the what uh, writing a book can do for you and your business. Amber, how do people find their audience? I mean, the, the world is so big. We've been talking about this. It's so competitive out there. Will the people find you? Like, how does that work? Almost from a scientific standpoint, again, yeah. you know, how are people attracted to specific types of content? And is it just like, you know, throwing it against the wall and see what's, seeing what sticks? Or do you have to be somewhat strategic about who you're going after, or how you're going after them. I think you have to know you have to know who you are helping. And if you've written a book, then you probably are very clear on it already because you wrote a book to help somebody, right? So you already know who you're helping. But if you have not written a book, then obviously you still have, you first have to clarify who you are trying to help. Uh, um, and what are you helping them achieve? You know, what are you helping them with? You know, uh, obviously somebody comes to you because they're at point A and then want to get to point B, right? So you need to define what is the point A for them and what is the point B for them. So you have to know exactly who you are helping. You cannot help everybody. You cannot help the entire world, <laughs> you know? So we have we have to be realistic, right? And uh, as, anyway, as they say, uh, it's a very cliched phrase, riches in the niches, in the uh, niches, but, um, it is true in a way that you, you have to know exactly uh, who you are trying to help because what, what it helps you does is then now uh, write messages which speaks to them, right? We cannot write messages which speaks to everybody. Right. Everybody has their own language, as we spoke about, you know, every tribe, every, you know, if you're reaching CMOs, CMOs have their own language, CFOs have their own language. So, right. Mm -hmm. So you cannot create a message that speaks to both. It, it, it won't. Right. So you have to know who you are trying to um, reach so that you can now create messages, whether it be it on social me media, whether it's on the blog page on, of your website, be it on newsletters that you are sending them out. Um, uh, so, or on sales emails, whatever you're doing, you have to be able to know who you're speaking to so that you can speak their language um, uh, and communicate to them in a way that makes sense to them. Okay. So I'm going to throw out a, a tough one for you and see if you could answer this. What if the book is very generic and okay. it's not narrow? There is no niche or there's not, I'm not trying to reach a CMO. What if it's, you know, just a very broad generic book that I feel could help anyone? Yeah. Where, where do you go with an author like that? So I would, I would, this is where I would start. So if it's a very generic topic, uh, maybe, uh, you know, they wrote it in a way that they feel that it can help, it can reach a lot of people. The, the way I would, as a marketer, this is where my marketing head comes on. As a marketer, I would create messages. I would first uh, create 
find out how many people I can, how, what types of people I can reach. So for example, I know I've written a book that can help a lot of people, but I, 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 within that lot of people, what are, how can I subdivide it into different target markets? So let's say, um, uh, I don't know, I wrote a book for dog training on dog training, it's general, right? And now there are different types of dogs, different types of owners. So I can now sub niche it into, okay, this is for British Bulldogs trainer. This is for this types of um, yeah, poodle, uh, whatever, different types. And now, so now that I know I've created sub markets that I want to reach, uh, British Bulldog owners as well, as well as I want to reach these, uh, you know, German Shepherds owners as well. Now we create messages that will speak to those people, right? So yes, we can still, it's not like, no, we can't market it to them, but we just have to have a strategy in place to know, okay, this is how we will reach a lot many more people using this, the same content that we have created. Wow. Well, I, I want to hire you. I mean, you, you've answered every question I had, and I think you're uh, you're going to help a lot of people. So, uh, just a wonderful conversation. Tell us what's next. What's next for you and your brand? Uh, what could we expect? I, I, you mentioned earlier you have a new website coming out. Yeah. When's all this happening? So, uh, uh, within the next uh, month, uh, we, we will be launching the the new website as well as. Uh, uh, the new podcast, which um, is also called Amplifyology, the new podcast is launching, um, as well as um, I am moving more into digital um, courses um, oh. arena and uh, group uh, coaching uh, um, part as well. So that's that's the other uh, part of the business that we now uh, focusing a lot more on that. So hopefully people will see, you know, uh, one the one-to-one -one side of business as well as, uh, you know, group coaching side of the, the business as well. So that's where we're heading and that's the goal for 2021. Fantastic. <laughs> Amber, this has been a great conversation. Um, I like to ask every guest before we end, um, this last question, and that is at the end of the day, you still have a lot, lot of work to do, but at the end of the day, what do you want your legacy to be? What type of mark are you trying to leave on this earth? I think um, I would just like to leave, uh, you know, as a legacy, I would like to be remembered as somebody who, who touched their life, to some, you know, touched, I touched your life in somewhat, if not mega positive way. If, if, I, if, if people can remember me that way, I think my job is done. Wonderful. Amber Khan, welcome to the American Real family. Thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on graduating David Breyer's Brand Intervention Masterclass. And uh, I cannot wait to watch you in your career because I know you're going to help so many people. Well, thank you for having me, Roger. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we can help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook 
or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.